What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Once a pianistic addict, always a pianistic addict. <laughs> no, but for real, I love keeping my eyes up for new TTC products that I would have found useful on my infertility journey so that I can share them with you guys. Approve, predict, and confirm dual kit is just that. Basically, a pee on a stick addict's dream. You guys, this kit is enough for one full cycle. It has 15 LH strips. You guys know that LH is important for predicting your peak fertility, and it has five PDG strips, which is important for confirming successful ovulation. And doing both of those together, LH and PDG, it just kind of gives you a full picture on ovulation itself. So again, not only is this gonna predict your two most fertile days, but it's also going to confirm successful ovulation at the end of your cycle. And because it includes 15 LH strips, that's enough to test twice a day because we know that LH surges are quick and sneaky. And what's really snazzy is that I have snagged a 20% off discount code. Use LAM20, L-A-M-2-0 for 20% off. And of course, I'll just go ahead and I'll we'll link it in my bio. Predict and confirm, y'all. Predict and confirm. Hello, everyone. We have Rebecca Grimes on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and hear her story. Rebecca, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Thanks. And I just want to say thank you for creating this platform that we can share. This has been really helpful for me. I kind of stumbled upon the podcast um, during just all that has happened this year. And it's just been really helpful to feel like I can connect with virtually with so many people walking through a similar journey. Um, so my name is Rebecca. My husband and I, Ryan, have been married coming up on two years, uh, actually this month. Um, and we started kind of our process, probably the beginning of this year, I would say, after we made it a year of marriage and got through just the hurdles of that first year, you know, we had started talking about, you know, when we wanted to start our family and what that would look like. Um, and we had kind of agreed on, okay, once 2020 hits, we're going to stop not trying. So background, I have a pretty, we have a pretty strong community in terms of our friends and family. And I know a lot of people who have struggled getting pregnant or who have been really open about their loss or miscarriage and things like that. So we really, I really, I guess more to say, I really wanted a period of time where I felt like I didn't have to be stressed out about trying to get pregnant. So I thought, okay, we started 2020. We have this year where we can just let whatever happen happen and just be okay with that. And I won't have to stress about, you know, things not going exactly right, right away. Um, I'm very much so a planner. And so I thought in my head, this sounds like a great idea of having just this year of freedom. And then if we got pregnant, great. But then I didn't have to start stressing until after that year and if nothing happened. So we open up the, the door to that. You know, we pull the goalie, if you will. Um, and then come April, I remember April being, I remember the exact day, the exact moment being the time that we knew for sure that I was probably ovulating. 
um, and being very conscious of that. That was the first time I really noted that. I had been using all the apps, tracking everything. We had done some family planning like prior to starting to try and have a baby. So I was pretty aware of my body as very, I'm a pretty regular person. So I'm pretty in tune with like how I normally feel when things are off. So was, that was the first time that we knew, okay, we're, this could happen this time because it's exactly this day. Um, and lo and behold, then May comes around and that's exactly what happened. Um, I was about a day late, which for me means something is going on. Um, so I go to my stash of pregnancy tests that I'd had at that point. Uh, of course, plenty of times before this, I had been convinced I was pregnant before too. And it was just, that wasn't the case. So I think like many of us, we have then that stack of uh, left the leftovers from the boxes uh, of our pregnancy test. So I wake up, my husband goes to work. Of course, this is during COVID. So I was mostly working from home, going into the office, maybe one to two days, uh, but he's essential. So he was out and about. So I decide to wait until he leaves, uh, take the test. I'm expecting it to come back negative because I've taken them many of times. It's always what happens. And very quickly it turned and that was not the case. It said I was pregnant. And I just remember being in this like shock in my bathroom, like just having woken up face of, holy crap, I can't believe that this says that I'm pregnant. Um, and kind of almost couldn't believe it to the fact that then when like my lunch break came around that day, I ran to the, to Rite Aid and got another pack because I was like, surely I just, this is wrong. I did something wrong. Um, this can't be right. Like I just, I just couldn't believe it. So I take another test. That one comes back very quickly saying I'm pregnant. So at that point it convinced me. Um, so I start thinking about, you know, how do I want to tell my husband? Um, I so desperately wanted to tell him right then because I was just holding it in, but of course I'm not going to call him and tell him that news on the phone. So, um, he comes home, we have like a pretty open concept in our house. Um, I have one of those letter boards that sits in my kitchen. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to sneak that away like write something on there and then I'm going to get him to look at it and I'm going to record him and it's going to be like this awesome, like hilarious emotional video that I have forever. Um, so I swap it out. And at this point we're about two months into stay at home. So me recording random videos is not a rare thing in my house. Me watching a TikTok or trying to convince my husband to do a TikTok is not a bizarre thing. So he's playing his video games. I have the sign of trying to get him to turn and look at me. So I'm doing all these crazy things. I have like 10 videos of me looking like a lunatic trying to get him to look at me. Of course he doesn't. So I kind of put my phone down. I'm like, okay, he's really in this game. Like he's not going to turn and look at this sign. And as soon as I put my phone down, he turns and looks at it, of course, and sees it, gets up. And it's just that shock and excited look all at once. Um, and when I think about it, if I could like wrap up that moment and like put it in a box and like carry it with me and have that as like a memory I could just pull out and watch all the time, I would. Um, because I think that's not a face or an emotion from someone that you get to see very often or in everyday life, um, just like a special moment. So we do that. Uh, we're kind of in that shock, like, okay, here we go. Like, are we, we say we're ready for this. And the sign, it's funny, my husband had uh was trying to convince me that we were going to go to Mexico to this all-inclusive uh this year and of course COVID hit so 
we were never going to go, but he was convinced that we were still going to go. And the agreement was, well, if I get pregnant, we're not going this year because I don't want to go to an all-inclusive when I can't drink as much as I want. So the sign had said, you know, looks like we're not going to Mexico, love baby. Um, and that was just fun. So we find this out. We're about four weeks and like some change, you know, we found out very soon, um, which was a good thing. I mean, it gave us more time with the pregnancy. Um, so I start researching, you know, what practice I want to see, where I, I had been going for like annual visits. I didn't really have any close tie to, it was always a different doctor. Um, and I really wanted to go somewhere that had more of like a diverse group of like midwives and nurse practitioners and doctors and the whole thing. So I found a place, make an appointment. Of course, they don't want to see me until eight weeks, which seemed like eternity to wait that long. Um, and we had decided that we really didn't want to tell anyone, like friends or family, until we had had that first appointment. I think for a couple of reasons. Number one, I knew so many people who had experienced loss. So that was in the back of my mind. Um, in hindsight, I, I don't know, I might've done things differently, but so we decided to wait. And I think I also wanted that confirmation of like seeing the sonogram, seeing the baby, having it confirmed by a doctor, like having that reality really set in other than just the like, you know, $20 pregnancy test from Rite Aid. Um, so we wait. Um, and like I said, that sounds, seems like eternity. Um, that was like a Wednesday, that weekend, we had dinner at my family's house and we are both just texting each other the whole time because we're just like itching at the bone to tell someone like we're going crazy. So we decided to tell just my brother and sister-in-law separately. Um, I think we just needed to tell someone, we wanted someone to like enjoy this news with us and my brother and sister-in-law have adopted twice. And so they have always been on this like the giving end of, like new news and like excitement and surprises and like baby stuff. So we thought this would be fun to tell them first, like they'll get the experience of like knowing our secret instead of vice versa. So my husband tricks them into saying something like that we're having trouble in our marriage and we want to talk to them or something crazy like that. So they go home, put their kids to bed. We drive back over to their house and my, my brother pulls over a chair and sits down all serious and we just whip out the pregnancy test. And again, one of those moments that if I could wrap up in a box and like keep forever, I would, just because it was so much excitement and love and they were surprised, but also just so thrilled. And uh, it was just such a great moment. Um, and again, in hindsight, that was the only moment we got with someone else really celebrating um, being pregnant because we didn't tell anyone else until things went worse. So we tell them, we do our thing and we're waiting for our eight week appointment. During this time, I was aggressively sick, like all the time, extremely nauseous, not just morning sickness, like morning, afternoon, evening sickness all the time. Eating was sucked. I didn't want to make food. I felt like a horrible wife because the thought of making dinner was just the worst possible thing for me. Um, thankfully, this is the one positive thing of being pregnant during COVID, at least in my experience, because I was home more, which I never would have been working from home if not. Um, so when I was feeling sick, I could take a break and go lay on my couch, or I could take my laptop to the couch so I could sit comfortably. I could, you know, if I'm going to get sick, it was in my bathroom and not in the bathroom at work that's shared with everyone on the floor. So that was comforting for me. 
to be able to experience that at home um, and to, I guess, be able to not have to tell everyone right away as well, which probably would have had to happen if I was at work. Um, so I'm really sick, but never experienced any sort of like concerning symptoms. Um, I felt fine otherwise. I no spotting, no bleeding, no cramping, none of that. No, nothing concerning. Um, nothing like a lot of the stories that I hear on here. So about the weekend before our appointment, fast forward, our appointment was on a Monday at eight weeks and a couple of days. It's like that Saturday. I did start to feel, I don't know, it was something weird like in my rib cage. It kind of felt like it wasn't necessarily cramping. And trust me, I did all my research. I'm Googling. My husband's like, we just need to take you to the ER. Like he's that kind of person that if I like stub my toe, he's like, we need to see a doctor. <laughs> um, and I'm, I come from a mom who's a nurse that says, well, if you can still walk, if you're not like gushing blood, then you're fine. Um, so I'm not really super concerned about it. It's not that big. It didn't seem like that big of a deal. I really don't think looking back, it was really a sign of anything. Um, and it went away the next day. So I wasn't really worried about it. Um, so we go to our appointment Monday and this is our first time there ever. And the thing I'm grateful for about that experience was Originally, they told us my husband could not come in with me because of all the COVID regulations, which was completely heartbreaking to us to imagine him not being there the first time that we see our baby and just this is our first pregnancy, our first experience with this. Um, and so when they had called to confirm my appointment, just casually, the person said, oh, for this appointment only, you know, you're allowed to bring a guest. And I hadn't even asked about it. They just kind of offered that information. So we were super thrilled about that. And again, something that now I'm just very grateful for to have had him there with me because of the way things went. I can't imagine having to sit there alone by myself without him um, and have to tell him that news like on the phone or something. So we go to our appointment, um, you know, we have our mask on, we go through the whole process. The midwife comes in um, and I remember distinctively looking at her face. I mean, this is my first sonogram ever. so. I don't really know, you know, people talk about, you know, they're, they know the signs and they're looking at things and I don't really know any of that. You know, I'm kind of dumb to the process at this point. So I'm looking a lot at the midwife's face and she's going around and she goes, Oh, I think there's two. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you just say? Um, and she doesn't look concerned is like the thing I remember. She just looked kind of shocked, not concerned. So she's like, okay, I have to go get the doctor to confirm this. So I'm sitting there and just start bawling, not because I'm excited, but because I'm thinking two babies, like how am I gonna ha handle twins? You know, I'm planning this whole thing in my head. I'm like, okay, I was gonna take the baby with to work with me the first year. How am I gonna take two babies and work? I'm gonna have to stay home. I'm gonna have to like go part time. Like I'm playing through these, this round of emotions of how am I gonna handle this? My husband is sitting there with like a smirk on his face because he's been saying ever since we got together that we were going to have twins. Um, twins sort of run in his family and he just jokes about that all the time. So he's sitting there like, hi, I told you so. And I'm ready to like strangle him at the idea of, you know, having twins. Um, and so I spent all of that time just kind of crying, planning, freaking out. Um, and I'm not someone who... I'm not someone who lives in regret or likes to regret things, but if there was one thing I could go back and change, it would be that I would at least spend that minute just enjoying the fact that I had two babies 
because the reality is I really never got to celebrate one of my children. Like, you know, I'd spent that four plus weeks celebrating the one baby I thought I had. And then as soon as I found out I had two, I just started freaking out and I never really had that moment of joy. And if I could go back and just try to tell myself to relax for at least just a minute to enjoy that, I think that's something that I would do. But in hindsight, that's not the way my brain works. So that's not how it happened. Um, so the doctor comes in, of course, I'm crying all under this mask, already all like snotted up under there. She comes in and is very much more to the point. Um, she doesn't know us, we don't know them. And she was just called in, I'm sure she was busy. So she comes in and is kind of doing the sonogram, moving around and goes, oh, you know what, maybe there's three. And now I've lost it, like three? This is my first pregnancy. You can't tell me I have three babies in there. And at this point, my husband is starting to lose it too because he's like, we could recover. You could recover from two, but three, we're not coming back from that. Um, and then she goes, no, no, I think it's, I think it's just two. Um, so we're like, okay. And she goes, but I don't think there's a heartbeat. And she kind of says it casually. I don't, I don't look back and like blame her for this, but she just kind of casually threw that in there. Like it wasn't a big deal, which it was. Um, and it kind of hit me. Like I heard it, I was receptive of it. And I was in that just frozen state. Like I completely froze. I didn't say anything. I was just staring like, what did, what, like, is this really happening to me? And my husband, I don't think it registered either. He didn't hear her, which is possible because he doesn't have, he struggles with his hearing sometimes. Uh, so either he didn't hear her or I really think it just didn't hit him. Like he was just in the excitement um, of everything that was happening. So he's asking questions like, oh, how often do people have twins? Like he's just in this joyful state and she answers him and she goes, but I don't think there's heartbeats. And she repeated herself and that's when it clicked for him. Um, and we both were just kind of frozen uh, for a minute. And then at that point, I remember feeling like, okay, I'm in this frozen state. And then I just immediately changed flight. Like I just wanted to run, I wanted to leave. I didn't wanna be around these people. I didn't wanna be at the office anymore. I didn't wanna have a stupid mask on. I just wanted to leave and just pretend this wasn't happening. Um, but of course I couldn't do that. So she says there's no heartbeats. You know, they take all the measurements. Um, they were measuring at about seven weeks and like four to three days. They were about a day off from each other. Um, so we had probably just, just missed them by a couple of days. And I don't really know. I've thought about this a lot. Would I have preferred to have gotten the experience of like seeing them with their heartbeat? Or would that have been harder to have seen them and then have to have gone back and then find out that they, you know, weren't alive. I don't know. Um, and I mean, I, I don't get that option, but it was hard to, to feel like our only experience of seeing them was also knowing that they weren't going to stay. Um, so she looks around, doesn't find anything concerning or reasons of why anything happened. Um, you know, my ovaries looked fine. Both of the babies had their own sack. And so they said, you know, if they were sharing one, that probably would have been the cause, but they weren't. So that wasn't it. So there was really nothing. I mean, it's the classic story. They never know why. So there was really nothing that they could say that, you know, spoke to why it happened. Um, so they tell us, okay, we can have someone else come in and give you another opinion just to be sure. So let's see if they have an appointment. If not, you can come back and make one. And I'm like, there better be one now because I am not coming back to go through this again. 
So we sit there and wait. I had taken a half day. It was the morning. So I still had a couple hours before I was supposed to like report back to work. So um, they come back and they're like, okay, someone's going to see you in about a half hour, 40 minutes. Go ahead and get dressed. You know, you're going to move rooms, all of that stuff. And it's such a small thing, but just the act of like having to get dressed. And then the woman comes in and says, oh no, we're going to do it in here. You know, why are you dressed? Like get undressed again. Um, That small thing just felt so traumatic to me to have to like get undressed again for the second time, knowing I wasn't excited this time at all for the, for her to do an ultrasound. Like obviously the first time I was just beaming excited. And now just the trauma of having to undressed and sit there and know likely that she's just going to tell me the same thing just felt like just made me sick like it just gave me this uneasy feeling so she comes back in does her thing you know she was super sweet super thorough um and found the exact same things you know everything looks great but there's no heartbeat so the midwife comes back in gives us our classic like three options you can wait you can take medication or you can have a dnc And she says, you know, I don't recommend taking medication because you have two that you puts you at high risk for heavy bleeding. So you very well could end up in the ER. I wouldn't recommend that. Um, And at this point, I had already decided in my head that I wanted to have this happen naturally. Um, I think going through all of this, I know that my body didn't fail me. Like I don't blame myself, but in that moment, it feels like your body has failed you. Like I have done all the things right. I was sick. I've I've suffered all these things and my body like still couldn't keep my babies like growing. And so I've decided my body is going to do its job now. Like it didn't do its job before, but it's going to do this now. So, and I didn't want to have to go through surgery. I didn't want to have to be at a hospital. I mean, COVID as well was a thing. I was like, I just want to do this at home. So we go home, they give us about a week before we have to touch base. And in that entire week, nothing happens. I'm still really sick, throwing up, barely eating all the time. Um, and I'm feeling nothing, no spotting, no bleeding, no cramping, just nothing. Um, some discomfort. So, you know, I had like my heating pack, I would just strap around me. I think it was more of just a comfort for me to have like that warmth resting on me just because of, you know, the loss that I was experiencing. Um, but never really felt like I was getting anywhere. So the week passes, I actually give myself an extra day because I thought maybe, maybe tomorrow something will happen. Like I really don't want to have to go back in and and figure out a new plan, but nothing happens. So I decide to just send a portal message because the thought of calling and having to talk to the front office person who doesn't know me, who's I'm going to have to explain the whole story to just sounded horrible. So I decided to just send a message, explain what's happening. They say, okay, come in tomorrow, schedule an appointment we have something available. So I call the office and the exact thing that I feared happened where I guess there was nothing in my notes about what was going on. So I have to explain to this woman why I need an appointment tomorrow. And that just really, again, it's the little things I think that just start to irk you and hurt you in those moments. So we go back in, see a different doctor at this point because that's who was available. And I really loved this doctor. She was very much straightforward, but was so thorough. She did a whole new exam. She's like, I want to make sure you're for sure that we know exactly what's happening. Husband to come in as well, which was really sweet because she didn't have to do that. Um, And so 
again, she's like, your ovaries look great. She measured them spot on to what they'd measured them before. Um, so at this point, we knew that's what was happening. Um, I think there's always like a glimmer of hope that maybe just maybe they were wrong. Like my body wasn't doing anything. It had been over a week. I knew that probably wasn't the case, but there's just that tiny glimmer that's saying, well, maybe just maybe like three people were wrong, but this fourth time it's going to be right. Um, so we're like, okay, well, what do we do now? Do we keep waiting? Um, and she sat us down and she said, look, you can keep waiting, but here's the thing. You have two babies. So again, you're probably going to end up bleeding a lot and likely will end up needing a DNC, which means you're going to have to have be rushed, you know, to the ER, whoever's on call is going to do the surgery, your husband can't come in with you, um, or we can just schedule it. And she didn't push us to do that. But I did kind of sense it was helpful for me to hear that because then I kind of played that scenario in my head of me being at home, me starting to bleed, my husband being like, just overwhelmed with having to have that concern and worry. And at this point, he had already been every two seconds that I went to the bath and he's like, are you okay? Is anything happening? And of course, nothing had been happening. Um, so we decided to schedule the DNC. And um, while I was texting my boss to see if I could have off that day, I got an email saying that they were giving us like a surprise holiday that day. So that just confirmed it for me that that's what we were, that was what was meant to be. That's what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to go in for the DNC. So, and I'd already had off that Monday. So I had like a long weekend. It was over Father's Day. So I'd already had this long weekend to recover. Um, so we thought, okay, this makes the most sense. Let's do it. So we scheduled that. And, um, you know, of course we had to then, I had to go then get a COVID test, which like was a whole dramatic thing. They hadn't gotten the records sent over yet. It all was happening so fast that that was a whole drawn out process. And then we go in for surgery that morning. Um, my husband could kind of wait in the waiting room, but of course then I had to go back without him. So I'm just texting him in my way. I override with emotion, with humor. So I'm just texting him funny pictures of like the socks that they give you and the like double hats that I'm wearing and just like this glorious outfit that I have. Um, and my experience with the DNC was, I guess, mixed. Um, same sort of thing, I think. All of the doctors and nurses were great, but I don't know if it wasn't on my chart why I was there or why this was happening because I just felt like everyone kept asking me the same questions. The nurse was like, oh, is there any chance you're pregnant? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's why I'm here uh, because I am, but I'm not sort of thing. She's like, oh, that makes sense. Um, you know, the anesthesiologist like, oh, do you have kids? And again, it's a sweet question, but like if you knew if there was something on the chart that said something about what was going on, I just felt like maybe people wouldn't ask that question. Um, so we go through the DNC, that went really smooth. Honestly, I felt fine. Like I never really felt like in pain or bad after that, physically at least. Uh, my body healed pretty well, didn't have any major pain. I mean, I, I think I took the pain med the first day just because I felt like I needed to, just because, but I really, I never really felt in a ton of pain. Um, so that was our kind of process with the loss. Um, you know, emotionally, it was, it's been a journey. So that was June, it's October now. Um, we, my period started back up like maybe July. So I had that, uh, no, maybe August. I don't know, there's like a month or two months of the lapse of needing to wait. Um, our doctor was pretty clear, like, 
I don't, she didn't believe that you needed to wait the, you know, cycle or anything like that. She's like, you can do whatever you want. Um, you know, you just won't be able to track anything until, you know, you're regular again. Um, so we've still just been kind of doing our thing, trying in that time. But um, when I look back and think about it, especially now, we've just had a very crazy 2020, just personally, um, outside of other things, uh, other than just the loss. And we really didn't take, or I didn't take a ton of time to like reflect or focus or like heal from the loss. I think so much happened in life. You know, the day I came back from the day after I came back from work, after we found out we were miscarrying, I found out like a ton of people quit at my job and I had to help cover all the stuff that was like really stressful and deal with a lot of stuff. And so my mind just did that thing where it overrides and, um, you know, I immediately went back to work and looking back after hearing so many people's stories, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like I never, uh, this was my chance to like take time to, to really focus on me and focus on my family. And we just kind of went into this override of like life happening. So I know like at the end, you usually ask for like a piece of advice or thing that we've learned from our story. And I think that's one thing that I would say is just to take time for yourself and whatever means that that looks like, like if you're sad, be, it's okay to be sad. Like if you're out and about with someone else and they like say something that hurts your feelings or say something that's just seems insensitive or that you're just sad in that moment and you need to be sad, like to speak up about that, because that's something that I definitely struggle with. I work in an environment. I'm a social worker where I'm the person that people come to. I'm the person that helps people, but I'm not, I don't always receive help in the same way. Um, and we got a lot of support from our community and family after everything happened. People brought us meals and just even in the midst of COVID did a really good job at loving on us. But um, I think now to this day, I still have moments of sadness or times that I just need to be in that. And I almost feel guilty. Like my initial thought is I feel guilty for needing to make it about me. But my husband is constantly reminding me, like, we're allowed to feel what we're feeling, like we're allowed to still be going through that. So I think that'd be one piece of advice that I'd offer up to other people. Um, and then the other thing that we did that I find to be helpful um, was I was really struggling with the fact that I felt like my babies weren't celebrated uh, because we never told anyone and we never had like an announcement or anything like that. And so we debated back and forth if we wanted to post about it on social media, like how we wanted to handle this. Um, and I think I listened to like 20 podcasts in a day. So I was just trying to hear what other people did. Like, how did, they, what did they do that helped them? Um, and ultimately we decided to make a post, uh, to share our story, to be like open about our story with other people and the turnaround of people who had experienced similar things was just crazy. But I also did it because I wanted to feel like people could celebrate and know about their lives because it feels like such a very hidden thing. You know, you tell the people that you tell, but otherwise it just kind of slips away. No one would know if you didn't tell them, you know, no one could tell that I was pregnant. No one would know. I didn't post anything. It was during COVID. So it's not like anyone even had an inkling of anything going on in our lives. So I really wanted it to feel like something that was celebrated. Um, we planted a garden, we got two flowers and got like two little dragonflies that we put in there to represent our twins. The funny part is the plants totally died. Like it was horrible. I probably didn't read 
what kind of sun they needed. I don't know. It was just a crazy summer. But very early on, my husband said, let's not imagine the flowers as our babies, but these dragonflies that, you know, the, st the sticks that go in the garden that will stay because these flowers are likely going to die. And they did. So I'm glad he said that before I had like a mental breakdown about my baby's flowers dying. Um, so we did that. Um, I put up like, a, I made a piece of art for our bedroom, things that were for us, not for other people. So we did the post to like celebrate them, but try to do things within our home that would just honor them. Uh, you know, we have the sign in our bedroom with like a rainbow behind it. Um, and that's just for us. No one else sees that. That's for us to just remember them and to feel like they're a part of our family and a part of our life. So that's kind of where we're at now. Um, that's our story. It's still ongoing. It's not not over yet. Who knows what's next? But yeah, that's that's kind of us. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, on Instagram, my handle is Bex Grimes. It's B-E-K-S. Um, yeah, and I'd love to connect or chat with whoever. Um, talking to people, and I've had a ton of people reach out to me, like from my friend group and Facebook friends after we shared who have just been really helpful. And I think it's just good to know that we're not alone. So I'm definitely open to talking to whoever. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it's going to help so many people and I'm just so proud of you. This is still very fresh for you. So um, yeah, I just really appreciate it because I, I always say I like when people share when they're kind of like still in the trenches because that's where a lot of the listeners are at as well. And I think that yeah. it's extremely healing and, and hopefully it was healing for you to share, but it's also going to be so healing for others to hear. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right. And you'll have to keep this posted. Best of luck Thank moving you. forward and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.